0: All right, yeah, I don't even know what we're talking about. I've oh, got an idea oh what we're talking about,
1: mate. All right, well then. G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode two of the Golf Shed Gurus. I'm Todd Brackenridge. Rico, Rico McKenzie. How are you, mate?
0: Yeah, I'm very good, mate. How how are you been? you well, been all right?
1: We survived episode one. Yes. We threw it on Few the bigger critiques better. critiques from the producer, but uh, onwards and upwards from here. But a massive thanks to everyone who had a listen in to episode one. We hope you've joined us for episode two as well and spread the, the good word to your family and friends. Um, Rico, the PGA episode one, I, I did catch a replay through the yes, week. Yes, yeah, I did too. Golf meltdowns. Are we giving Mido meltdown status? Uh, yeah, yeah. You lead
0: a major going into the last hole and don't even make the playoff
1: you have officially made meltdowns I think you're on the on the wall. Yeah, got me thinking. Right in yeah. our time, in our time, there's been a couple of amazing yeah. professional meltdowns, yeah. but particularly our time. So we'll skip a couple of the older ones. Rory, 2011 Masters, yeah, led was, by four at the start of the day.
0: That was a beauty. That one affected him a bit because he was at the peak of his powers. Definitely. Yeah, at the
1: he time. was. Yeah, I, I was checking it out. He tripled ten, bogeyed eleven, and four putted for double on twelve.
0: Yeah, the turn wasn't kind to him. Ooh.
1: Uh, Charles Schwanzel goes on to shoot 66. I think he birdies the last four. Um, in Rory's defence, he goes on to win the, the next at the next start at the US Open at the next major at Congressional. He wins it by eight shots, so he uh, he got over it relatively quickly. Uh, that's a story that we'll talk about a bit later on as well. Um, Phil, obviously, this one at the US Open yeah, would burn those people uh, at the land of the Stars and Stripes over in the US. 2006 US Open at Wingfoot.
0: Yeah, but it, it benefited Australia,
1: so that was... It did, yeah. Obviously, Jeff Ogilvie <laughs> goes Ogilvy. on to win that one. I feel like a thing people forget about that one's Colin Montgomery. Mm. Also no, he was right that yeah. But uh, didn't, didn't know about it at the time, but um, of course, a win there would have secured Phil the Grand Slam at sta- uh, which he still is yet to achieve rory the same if he won the masters mm. that year and continued winning on his winning ways he would have won the grand slam keep in mind only five people have done that uh, this one i feel like burns us particularly harsh is the adam scott 2012 open championship yeah, at royal yeah. litham um, i feel like a lot of guys our age would have been up watching this one live um, scotty in control of this one for yep. 68 holes of the golf tournament and Bogey's the last four. Um, Ernie Ells wins it by one. Again, Ernie holds a nice putt on the last, and Scotty misses one to eliminate any chance of a playoff. Um, This one was a tough watch. This one was a tough watch because everyone loves Adam Scott.
0: Oh, that was hard. Mm. That that was hard to watch. I was very deflated at at 4 a.m. in the morning watching that one. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, left in a bit of shock there.
1: Keeping with the theme, a good golf meltdown nonetheless, Rico. Oh, it was a cracker. You know? Yeah, it was. Um, uh, Thankfully for all Australians, he goes on to win the very next year, the US Masters in 2013. Um, and look, I think Scotty's doing all right. But at that time, that was a tough watch. Scary, you think, 10 years ago this Long year. Long time ago. Um, oh, aging. No. And obviously perhaps the biggest golfing meltdown of them all. Uh, Greg Norman in 1996 Blowing a six shot lead Nick Faldo walking through the door Again a lot of people forget how well Nick Faldo played in that final round Um, A great little 30 for 30 doco aired recently On that one if you've got the time I'm sure it's Around there somewhere Greg Norman Live from Augusta talking about a few of the Things he was thinking at the time And um, there's still a lot of people uh, That still Claim they haven't watched any replay or highlight Of that of that final yeah well I think that
0: was the first time he watched it back so
1: yeah so it's um but yeah obviously Greg might have to uh, have the mantle there only goes on to win two open championships for his what was a stellar career but uh perhaps the major section is the one that people could question there any Rico McKenzie golfing disaster (sighs) story
0: not not that I can think of not golf plenty on the footy field but uh golf not so much no um what about yourself, mate? We've known each other for, for a little while and I've known you through your traineeship. Any uh, any heartbreak there? Yeah, no, I've got
1: one. I've got a, yeah. I've got a ripper that mm-hmm. uh, that I don't want to go back to the golf course <laughs> and have ESPM follow me about it. No. Um, but no, long story, well, extremely long story cut short, PG, the PGA, back when you actually had to do something to become a yes, trainee, sure. it's changed now. I think you've just got to buy the PGA beer and you pretty much get in, but... Uh, um, so back in the day There was like a playing school Not a tour school But like a playing school um, I think it was 72 holes It might have been 90 holes it might have been 5 rounds Anyway I was, I was a better player Then than I am now And was playing decently The very first round So not that nervous At the time I had a job lined up And back then If you had a job lined up You're had to do a lot to not get in, Rick. You will, and yes. we're about to do a lot. So, yeah, yep, yep. I was a bit. I was five over through seventeen, which isn't great, but that's all you had to be. It's you didn't have to be great, it. yeah. So, um, uh, on the front nine, I'll name the golf course Glenmore Heritage. Now they're looking for a spot to put Wonderland in uh, Sydney back. That's I tell you what, like, <laughs> with all due respect to those out there from dozers. Glenmore Heritage, the ninth hole would be a Sorry, great spot guys, for a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, as it turns out, I've went on a roller coaster there myself, but, um, so about 150 metre past three, absolutely no trouble. Shack. There's plenty of water short, um, but just make four and get out of there, you idiot. But I don't, my, I burn my tee shot. It actually lands on the green, my tee shot. Yeah. It's eight foot on the green, but there's a false front, rolls in the water. Yeah. Um, The drop zone's in a really crappy spot, a little bit like Sawgrass, where I've also hid in the water. (laughs) Um, So I think I'm going to re-tee it. So I re-tee it. At this point, I take the club back and it feels as light as a feather, right? Like, like you hear those stories and you think, no, no way, but it did. It felt as light as a feather. Chunk it in the water. Um, So where are we up to now? We're hitting five. I then, obviously, won't running on a game plan, go to the drop zone now, because I think, bugger it, I'll go down there. It it's in. a horrible spot down there. It's from the ladies' tee. I think. Eight um, in the back bunker. So what's that now? One, three, that's five in the back bunker. Leave it in the bunker for yep. six. Flub it out of the bunker. It's a massive green. Flub it out of the bunker for seven. Put it off the green for eight. And then hole my putt from off the green for nine. That's a good nine. To shoot 11 over, um... Needless to say the PGA said come back next year champ. That was in 2005, so uh, 17 years ago and I remember it like it was yesterday and yeah, big shout out to all those people out at Glenmore. I hope you're really enjoying your golf course. <laughs> I hope it becomes a
0: Very Jordan
1: Speith. Bu- oh Mary that it was you it, don't like Jordan Spieth it was awful. It, it was just an awful time. I, I remember driving home just thinking just become an accountant. Life would be a lot better. Um, as it turns out it might not have been a bad idea to take It'd my advice awesome. but um, but yeah, no, it was awful. But yeah, no, nothing like a good little golf meltdown segment to start the starting the podcast. Everyone's done it. I don't mean, like doesn't matter what level oh, of golf yeah, you're in at. Everyone's levels, won everybody's. a match lost a match play game you should have won or Oh
0: you've been shooting under par and then you bogey in or something. Yeah, or... yeah I
1: mean. But uh yeah, no, it's it's always tough to watch on a professional level for so and particularly when they seem like a good guy like Mito did last week, but um Anyway, mate, we got some feedback through the week um, regarding club fitting, yes. which is an interesting one, um, very broad subject, it must mm-hmm. be said. We could talk about this for hours on then, but basically the question was, you know, we'd had, and we have, we've had a lot of fitting days from different companies in the last mm-hmm. two months, and their advice was, when should you be fitted? When shouldn't you be fitted? Which is a fair question, mm. and what's the different levels of it? So I understand the question. So um, we thought we'd quickly go—well, not quickly—we thought we'd go through it, but probably not in the detail that uh, that's needed. Because I think the more simpler you can keep it, the better. Yeah, sure. The better you are. Good. So we've broken it down into little sections here. So all right. So the guy who's not going to play much—and wait up! Let me correct myself. This isn't a guy—a ladies versus men's battle. This is this is for everyone. So. The player, who's not going to play much, so they're talking they're just getting a set of sticks to play maybe once every couple of months with their friends, maybe play a bit more in summer when the weather's better, but not looking to take it too seriously um, and go from there. That player in particular probably doesn't have to go through an arduous process of being club football. I
0: wouldn't think so, no. I think maybe grip size, apart from that maybe length length if
1: they're tall or short obviously but um yeah i think, I don't think you you have to
0: confuse people too much so
1: yeah if you feel like you're not going to play a hell of a lot just grip and length and that's just a comfort thing more than anything i mean yeah. there's every chance if you're only playing once a month or every two months you're going to swing it differently yeah multiple times and that would only affect a, a club fitting anyway um so definitely beginners i would strongly suggest there is the option of getting thicker grips and stuff too so you don't necessarily have yeah. to buy the package set off the floor and walk out and be done with it. You can get thicker grips length changes and stuff but I wouldn't go too much further than that if you're not uh, looking to play any more seriously. I guess then the level goes up to you are playing a little bit more often now and you want to get a better set. Your package sets run its race and you want to get uh, get another set or to step up. What's the step up from there bud?
0: You're looking into a premium package or you are going to a to a club a fitting, point of view, what people options. need to understand Correct. is from that yeah. club fitting to fit in that the... individual. I
1: think this is the broader section of the whole Absolutely. club fitting debate. Um, you know, you can get most PGA pros now would carry multiple companies' fitting kits. Um, they all have fitting days. Um, financially, this is obviously where you need a budget because um, we can go, you know, you can go as low or as high as you want. Absolutely. Important to remember now, a lot of companies do quality package sets, like they don't just do five six seven hundred dollar package sets there's a couple of two and a half thousand dollar options approximately out there that uh would suit but certainly getting fitted uh at this point is certainly doable um and recommended probably at this point that you want to get better because you might be using standard clubs when you should have been using longer yeah, or
0: and, shorter and and there is a quality difference in between the entry level package and the, and the premium package you definitely it's an old saying, but you get what you pay for a lot of times. Yeah. But to, to to an extent, you don't have to break the budget to get a real quality set of golf clubs.
1: No, no, definitely. But um, definitely assess your options there because you will have a few. You'll obviously have fitted by a PGA Pro, to be brutally honest, and this can be me. It might not have gone how you would have liked, so go to a fitting day with a specific company. Like Rico said, that information can get transferred to other companies anyway, really, but... Um, but yeah, certainly, uh, certainly worth doing. And when we say you want to play a bit more, that doesn't necessarily have to be a comp golf or even a member of a club. You just might want to get a little bit more interested. And um, definitely that would be the take there. Now, the step up from that. And there is a step up. And like all step ups, the cost goes up. So right now we're looking at an experienced player who wants as much info as possible about their own game. Keep in mind, this doesn't have to be a good player either. Well, it doesn't have to be a low marker handicap-wise or a pro. It can be a 20 marker, a 30 marker, um, a lady who's just retired and they want to play a lot more golf. And, you know, all these are scenarios that we see monthly, really. Um, so from here, obviously, your fitting day becomes probably your lowest point or your starting point at least, minimum minimum point It would be a fitting day. Yeah you got to remember these companies teach their staff who do the fittings extremely well. They've got TrackMan, you know, $50,000, $60,000 worth of technology goes into a fitting day now. So, yeah. um, And they're fitters. They're not really paid to make a sale. I'm sure it gets monitored what sales they do and don't make. But they generally don't give you a quote or anything like that. So their job is to fit you. So, mate, the step up from there, and this is one I'm sort of pretty well experienced with now are companies that purely club fit
0: yeah there's some good good companies out there by name cool clubs pure form yeah those type of guys that's that's your premium premium fitting experience and uh you won't you won't come away from that experience disappointed. No. I'd be very surprised if somebody didn't get something out
1: of it. There's a lot more data involved of which you receive a copy of which I think is important. Yeah. Plenty more shaft options like the shaft grip head options. They handle every company imaginable. Um, Yeah, again, the price, it's not cheap Mm. but um, I feel like when you're at this point you're willing to spend a little bit of money to improve your golf too. Um, The only thing I would, there's two things I would leave this one on is it's not, just for good players, this process. I think a lot of people get caught up in it's just for good players. There will be a 30 marker who plays golf here at Wentworth this week who wants to know as much about their golf swing as Tiger Woods wants to know about
0: this. Yeah, look, and they'll benefit just as much from from the uh, the full fitting service. Mm.
1: Um, The only catch here is, uh, I sort of feel like this one's important, if you're going to do it this way once, you've kind of got to keep going back to this way, otherwise... The other processes will seem a little bit cheaper and simple when they'll be financially cheaper, but uh but yeah, I think once you once you're here it's you will struggle to go back and on that probably go regularly, go once a year, get your lie angles and stuff checked. Um you know, um there's the debate of hitting a ball into a screen versus hitting it outside. Both those companies Rico mentioned do it differently. Cool clubs you or particularly in Sydney, you you hit it off a mat but inside but outside, sorry. Um, the ball goes outside and I think pure forms purely inside only. So, um, again, that's a comfort thing. That's it's
0: a personal thing. I'd rather see it fly through the air. Yeah, personally,
1: I'm an, I'm an out, outside guy and, and cool clubs do a great job of it, but, uh, yeah. each to their own. There. so that hopefully knocks out a few myths behind club fitting. It's not a myth. It certainly exists. And, um, it's certainly beneficial to people, um, at any level of golf too. And, uh, Um, I think the big thing for a lot of people who's hopefully listening to this is don't feel like your ability matches where your fitting status should be in all three of those options.
0: Look, things have changed a lot in the last five to ten years. Ten years ago, you walk into a shop and you see a bunch of clubs on display for sale, whereas now we very rarely would sell a set of clubs without going through a club fitting personally here at the business. Yeah, and
1: I mean, I know just in the last couple of months here we had a We'll name them Callaway Fitting Day. Um, I think it was around February, March. Two ladies in particular bought up. They bought a full set um, and both became B and C grade club champions of the club only a month later, which obviously those success stories aren't every day. But um, that'll show just doesn't matter what ability you're at. It'll it'll make you a better player. and, And worst case, you'll get a little bit of info out of it about your own game, which I think we're all chasing. All right. So hopefully that answers the club fitting question. If anyone's got any more questions on that one, we are more than happy to uh, to answer them along the way. Um, all right, mate. So a couple more things before we wrap up the pod. Hmm. We're heading to the US. We are heading to the US. I don't think US. you know about this one yet, so this is going to be a surprise for you. Okay. We're heading to the US late July. I think July 18 we fly out. Uh, fairly organized, this podcast. Um, July 18 you're gonna, we're going to fly out. That's... Uh, so from June one, next Wednesday, there's 47 days to go. Yeah. So That'll each nice day, counting. no matter what the weather, hmm. you and I need to hit 100 shots of some description. Yeah, hundred.
0: Be mainly main, to, to be honest, it'd be main, mainly short game stuff for me.
1: Well, mate, and, you know, you know, you, I, I do we, have to work, you we know. know so we know there's, there's some, know right there's here, so. some so. discrepancies with how far you can hit it. So some of us have to you know, put in a full
0: day. That's so. fine.
1: Um, so a hundred shots each. Mate, you're getting you're just taking it taking it to a place it doesn't need to go now. A hundred shots each of any form. Yeah. Needs to be filmed. Oh. And we'll post it on our socials. Now this could be a hundred two foot putts if you want it to yep. be, or I don't want people but, to see uh, from two foot. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, give um, people nightmares. Yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, we're gonna film it, we're gonna chuck it on our socials. Um and yeah, we'll uh we'll give it a cheesy name in the next few weeks. But yeah. um but yeah, we're going to. That's our prep for the for the week of golf, or the couple of weeks of golf in the US. We're going to hit a hundred yep. shots a day. Hey, look,
0: to be honest, I'd be disappointed if a few followers didn't join in with us. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. If you didn't, if you want to come out, um, film it on your phone send and then send us some videos. Don't maybe? know the app yet because yeah. I haven't done any research. But there must be a way that you can fast forward these videos quite quickly. Yeah. Um, make sure you send it through to us. Um, if you allow it, we'll we'll. Uh, Chucking on our socials, but yeah, get involved. Um, it's you know it's, we're going to try and make everyone's He's golf better. To improve. Um, and a quick shout out to our socials. You can follow us on Instagram at the Golf Shed Gurus or TB Golf. On Facebook, we're just on the Wenny Pro Shop, and we've got a Twitter. We Just
0: launched a Twitter today, so it is the same. Golf Shed Gurus at Golf Shed Gurus on Twitter. Yeah. Get involved with our Still socials. Tweet us. Yeah, See absolutely. Twitter, yeah, tweet. you tweet at us. Right.
1: Um, all right, quick little yarn about what's coming up in in a, a weeks ahead. Uh, Joe Rogan, about a month ago. Yeah. Uh, Joe, I think, is he the number one in the world? He's podcaster?
0: number one in the world. Well, he's nervous. Yeah. I've been listening to him. He's Mark. Very nervous. I, was, I used to be a big listener of Joe,
1: yeah. but... I reckon he's nervous. I reckon he's heard about it. He's coming. Shout you out to Joe. He'd be steps. listening. Yeah, um, but anyway, he did a podcast recently in the last month or so with a couple of his buddies, as he does. They're talking about length versus accuracy, which is a cool take because they're obviously not regular golfers, but they're talking about we've all got that mate who smashes at miles and beats his chest, and then we've all got that mate who hits it quite considerably shorter but hits it straight and beats his chest at the end of the hole usually. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll add some snippets of that up on our socials and we'll, uh, we'll enter the debate of length versus accuracy in golf, which is an interesting one. I still find it weird when Sheffler won the Masters this year, like 67% of the fairways, that's all he hit. Yeah. Augusta uh, doesn't have a lot of rough. But. Yeah. To, I always go back to
0: um, a couple of years ago when John Rahm was talking about he'd rather hit a pitching wedge from the rough than a six iron mm. from the fairway. So that that sort of gives you an insight into their mentality these days on the on the professional tours. Yeah,
1: it's, it is insane. But, yeah, we're going to chuck some snippets of that potty up and give you a listen. It's, it's quite an interesting listen given the fact that all three aren't regular golfers. Some superstars, Rico, have confirmed that they want in. Uh-huh. Admittingly, I had to ask them, but they want in. Yeah, okay. To the well, podcast? We'll... No, yeah, no, no, no. Just... We're not. Got, we won't name any. We'll we'll add them to our socials yeah, as weeks go by. Um, um, we've got a YouTuber who's got, He's got a, big, a gazillion guy, followers. Guy, a gazillion guy. followers. Um, yeah. We've got obviously a former Japanese tour star. Friend,
0: friend, friend of the, the podcast, yeah, fair to say. A groupie. Yeah,
1: he's a great guy as well. Yeah, so no, uh, we'll get uh, that gentleman on. And I'm working on a third, but I can't release it yet, because she has not confirmed. So we're going to tackle ladies golf, which I think yeah. is an important subject. Plenty of movement in the last few years regarding this. So um, hopefully we can get the nod from her and she can confirm that she'll have a chat with us. She's also Lived a life of sport and stuff, and we'll be interesting to get her take on a couple of things. Other than that, mate, what do you got for us? Give us something. Give us look, something to look forward to.
0: To look forward to. You got uh, some uh, new th- clubs coming. I've got some new sticks coming. Hopefully next week. So, shout out to Joshy from Callaway. As, as we talked about earlier, the fitting. The fitting influence. Yeah, I am the fitting process. <laughs> I, I went through the fitting process myself with Josh, and uh, I think there's two two times. A, types of uh people that go to the fitting people that want to know everything and people that just let the club fitter we'll go off the numbers and that was me i just let him do his thing and i'm excited it'll new be, set of sticks will
1: be very good new set of sticks to hit 100 shots a day with Rico, yeah which you yeah, just I'm promised might,
0: to do i might need to hit someone up for some new wedges maybe i'll, I'll <laughs> love no, michelle Call- callaway do wedges callaway play. maybe my tideless rep
1: oh. Right, yeah. Title <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Just, Tickets, just keep Yeah, <laughs> Shout out. Absolutely. <laughs> Anyone at PXG listening, please send me <laughs> a message. But, uh, guys, that'll do us for podcast number two. Once again, a massive thanks to everyone for coming along for the ride. Get ahead and follow us on all our socials uh, Golf Shed Gurus and TB Golf on Instagram, the Winnie Pro Shop on Facebook, and, of course, now our new Twitter handle at The Golf Shed Gurus. Once again, big thanks to everyone for listening in. We will talk to you soon. Take care. Happy golfing.
0: Happy practicing.
1: Yeah, yeah.